Welcome. This is Barry Baines from Baines Law, a legal miscellany where we regularly podcast about cases and legal issues, as well as talking to professionals and others who have experience of our legal system. A barrister who was suspended for six months together with an order for costs of £3,000 for matters which were said to have occurred during the course of a mini pupillage, complaint about which was not made for almost four years, appealed to the Administrative Court against the Tribunal's findings. Robert Michael Kearney and Bar Standards Board. Ms A met the barrister, K in the summer of 2014 whilst working as a waitress at a restaurant in the same building as his chambers. She told him she was a law student and aspiring barrister. He gave her his card and offered to help her find a mini pupillage. The following January, she undertook a three-day mini pupillage with him. Shortly afterwards, she complained to family and friends, in particular her mother, aunt and boyfriend, now husband, about Kay's behaviour to her during the mini pupillage. In light of their advice, she decided not to take the matter further. However, on 30th of November 2018, she complained to the Bar Standards Board, BSB. That complaint was triggered by her reading a press report of BSB disciplinary proceedings concerning Kay, which concerned his admitted professional misconduct towards a male pupil in 2017, when he engaged in excessively physical and unwanted contact and directed uncomfortable, hostile and intimidating statements to him, for which he was reprimanded and fined. The complaints regulations provided at Rule E29, the complaints regulations provided at Rule E29, that in determining whether a complaint raised by a person other than the BSB potentially disclosed a breach of the handbook, a potential case of professional misconduct or a breach of the handbook satisfying the disqualification condition, and whether if it did, it was apt for further consideration, the Professional Misconduct Committee, PCC, must first consider whether the complaint had been made within 12 months of the conduct of which the complaint was made. Rule E31 required that where the PCC decided that the complaint had not been made within 12 months, it must dismiss the complaint unless it decided that further consideration was justified in the public interest, having regard to the regulatory objectives. As the complaint was more than 12 months old, the PCC delegated preliminary issues identified in rules E31 and E32 to Ms. M and Ms. S. As a result of their decisions, the matter proceeded to investigation of the complaint. Subsequently, three charges were preferred, alleging that in the course of the mini-pupillage, the barrister had engaged in unwanted sexual conduct towards Ms. A. Before the tribunal, the barrister's defence was, in effect, a total denial of any such misconduct. 
the tribunal expressed surprise that Kay had no recollection of Miss A as a mini pupil. It concluded, we are bound to say with the best will in the world that we do not find this statement that he does not have any recollection of this satisfactory. Indeed, it is something that verges on the evasive. Kay's behavior was found to be totally inappropriate and unacceptable behavior for a member of the bar to show towards somebody who was a mini pupil and towards whom he was in a position of responsibility. In the administrative court, Mr. Justice Sewell addressed three grounds of appeal. First, the tribunal was right to reject the argument that decisions to be made pursuant to the rules could not be delegated by the PCC, or that there had been procedural error or unfairness in the way in which the delegate in each case had carried out the exercise. Secondly, the tribunal ruled that a stay of proceedings for abuse of process was an exceptional and unusual jurisdiction. The ultimate question was whether it was possible for there to be a fair hearing, given the gaps that there may be in the evidence. There was no error in that approach by the tribunal. As to the decision to refuse a stay, the tribunal set out Kay's various contentions as to the adverse effect of the passage of time on his own recollection and on the ability of other potential witnesses to recall what may have been said to them at the time, and that the investigation had itself been too narrowly focused on Ms. A, her mother, aunt and boyfriend. The tribunal correctly identified it as a matter for their judgment and noted its ability to take account of such matters and to discount irrelevant matters. The tribunal was not wrong to conclude in the exercise of its judgment that the application for a stay should be refused. As to the third ground, the tribunal gave a correct and sufficient self-direction on the issue of delay. The court did not accept the argument that the tribunal nonetheless failed adequately to take that direction into account when considering the evidence. The tribunal gave close and detailed attention to the delay in making formal complaint and expressly asked itself the question whether it may have been a recent invention or fabrication or something that she had long time afterwards put an interpretation upon that was not warranted. It took account of inconsistencies between the evidence of Ms. A's aunt and mother, but concluded that this was not of particular significance. Applying the correct burden and standard of proof, the tribunal ultimately had to make a decision on the rival accounts of Kay and Ms. A. It concluded that it had no reasonable doubt about the correctness and accuracy of the complainant's account. This was all a classic issue of fact for this five-person tribunal. For the reasons given by the tribunal, the court was not persuaded that its decisions were wrong in any respect. Finally, the appellant submitted that the sanction was contrary to the published guidelines, excessive, too focused upon general deterrence, and unnecessarily punitive. It was agreed that on an appeal against sanction, 
the court should pay appropriate deference to the experience and expertise of the expert disciplinary tribunal. There was a high threshold for interference, and the court must not fall into the error of mere substitution of its own judgment. However, as Mr. Justice Warby, as he then was, added in Khan against BSB, that said, the need for deference of this kind is somewhat less when it comes to judicial scrutiny of sanctions imposed on legal professionals. This is a profession which the court knows something about. The court was not persuaded that the tribunal was wrong to impose the sanction which it did. First, there was and could be no dispute that the appropriate starting point for this conduct, before consideration of aggravating and mitigating factors, was a high-level fine and a short suspension. This was conduct when Kay was both in a position of power and acting in a supervisory role. Secondly, two of the three aggravating factors specifically identified in the guidance section applied, namely failure to accept responsibility for actions and a significant negative impact on the victim. Thirdly, the tribunal properly found other aggravating factors, including premeditation, undermining the profession in the eyes of the public and the earlier disciplinary finding. Although the latter involved behaviour which postdated Mizet's mini-pupillage, it was relevant as another marker of unacceptable conduct when in a supervisory role and position of power. The mitigating factors were limited. The guidance made clear that the tribunal must ultimately exercise its judgment as to the sanction which was appropriate and fair on the particular facts and circumstances. There could be no disagreement with the tribunal's conclusion on the gravity of the matter and its serious effect on the reputation of the bar. The appeal was dismissed on all grounds. Thank you for listening to Bain's Law. Listen out for future podcasts where we will continue to discuss issues of interest to the legal community. If there is a professional perspective that you would like to share, get in touch via our website at www.barrybaines.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Bain's Law. We look forward to presenting to you again very soon. Oh, Bane's Law.